on Jazz FM. This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Greg Ellum joins us. Very good morning, Craig. Difficult not to be glum, obviously. Let's talk about the markets, first of all, and a big plunge as far as the Dow was concerned last night. However, uh, looking at the futures markets this morning, it's expected to reclaim a bit of that lost ground. Volatility, second wave engulfing, all those kind of headlines, really. Any bright spots anywhere? I mean, like you say, you don't want to make the show too glum, but there is a lot of negativity in these markets. But the, the problem that we've got is that this negativity hasn't come out of nowhere. We've uh, It's been very apparent that there's been massive downside risk for some time. In fact, I'm pretty sure we've spoken on the show almost about this every single week, whether the downside risk is going to be a second wave, whether the downside risk is a lack of stimulus in the US, which looks like it's not materialised prior to Election Day. Election Day itself and all of the uncertainty uh, that brings Brexit seems to be one of the few potential upside risks uh, for some of these markets. But unfortunately, that's extremely uh, regional as far as the UK is concerned and to an extent the EU. Uh, but it just seems that it's now materialising. And if anything, it feels like the COVID situation, while it is moving in the direction that many of the experts warned, it's probably happening earlier and more severely than many um, uh, many of the rest of us had uh, anticipated and it's I think quite, that's really it, taking its yeah. toll. <clears throat> it, it, it's quite a move for Germany and France to shut down as well isn't it I mean that that actually you know that, th- those are the whether we like it or not, the two largest economies in the EU, aren't they? Exactly. But when you look at the kind of pace of new infections, and I know there's still a lot of people who argue that uh, that we're better at handling it now, that the treatment's better and that the death rate is still lower than it was, etc., etc., etc. But that doesn't mean that you can just continue to see rising infections at that kind of rate uh, forever and not expect to see it take a massive toll, uh, particularly on the health service, but then uh, in terms of the, the end result. And uh, many of these countries are now starting to try and look at more restrictive measures and you, you, it's, it's difficult to see more countries not following suit if, in all honesty the way that these uh, the way that these trends are heading we may be better placed to deal with the virus this time around but that doesn't mean that we're on top of it by any stretch of the imagination and it's ultimate it is going to take its toll it's going to take its toll on these economies it's going to take its tolls on uh, on debt levels because government support measures are going to be necessary and it's ultimately going to take its toll on the markets we're seeing that now i don't necessarily think we're going to see a similar response that we saw in march because it's not the unknown quantity to to the same extent that it was back in march we know what the fiscal response is going to be which we didn't know in march we know what the monetary response is in terms of of central banks yeah. is going to be and the fed did a very good job of getting a grip of this uh back uh, around march time and coordinating just, I, with central was, banks around the world that was going to be my next question just take us through that slightly in a bit more detail would you about the fed i mean they have always you know all right i, I know they're the u.s central bank but at the same time they're incredibly important for the, for the rest of the world in terms of what central banks actually do we sort of know that you feel as though that they are still a backstop to what's going on do you as far as financial markets are concerned, absolutely. You're not going to be able to always stop certain stocks uh, coming under heavy pressure, those most vulnerable, and you may see that a little bit more to a certain extent in certain areas this time around. Uh, but the, the central bank in terms of the entire market, I can say the plumbing uh, of the financial markets, as it were, they did an extremely good job. They ensured that dollar funding was um, was abundant, uh, was, was, was was widely available and cheap, uh, which because obviously the dollar is effectively the world's reserve currency, uh, and therefore 
they need to make sure that P- the the the, glo- the the countries around the world continue to be be able to access it easily, and they they did that. Um, they 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 targeted certain parts of the financial markets which were seeing credit conditions tighten considerably, and ultimately this is something that can effectively lead to something far worse if credit conditions tighten and uh, and interest rates effectively spike in certain pockets uh, of the economy or in certain part- pockets of these markets. It can effectively be a domino effect and start to lead to something more, something far more. Uh, far far worse uh, and that's something that the fed did they tar- they 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 implemented very niche very targeted measures uh, earlier on this year and stopped anything much worse materializing which is why one of the main one of the reasons why we saw such a an impressive bounce back in these uh, markets and they're going to have to be very active again if this is going to start to take off but i think there is going to be that confidence there and that encouragement there from the their actions earlier this year and investors so yes we saw a big sell-off yesterday but we're coming from record highs in the u.s Let, let's not be on let's not uh not earlier this week but uh, in the last month or two we are coming from record highs in the u.s because they bounced back so strongly so a corrective move uh it, it, it would not necessarily be catastrophic by any stretch of the imagination and if anything it would represent the situation that we have but i don't necessarily think we're going to be seeing 20 30 40 percent uh, declines in these markets let's talk about the uk as this month comes to an end in a couple of days time furlough stops and all the rest of it half a million businesses say they're under extreme pressure that is defined apparently as facing county court judgments of about five thousand pounds or less um from um uh, un- from suppliers and all the rest of it redundancies will creep up and we we are looking at a period aren't we of, of high unemployment whichever way the markets actually go that is the fear the the government's first fellow scheme etc i think went a long way and the business support scheme went a long way to supporting many businesses and jobs the difficulty is that businesses still suffered. They just that that it was just effectively shared with the government, and the government continued to prop up these viable businesses. And they're going to have to do a lot more, unfortunately, this time around again if they want to preserve. But the problem is this may the, the, this next wave may just be the, the the kind of straw that breaks the camel's back. Uh, and, and I do fear that regardless of what the government does, there is going to be collateral damage this time around. I mean, how many how many waves of this pandemic can can these businesses continue to? Uh, continue to tolerate and how many jobs uh, can they continue to support is, I, I do it, is it now time ta- is, is it now time for for somebody to say what you've just said to the population slightly more widely and say do you know what there is this is this is this is pointless this kind of choppy volatility off on lock up lockdown all the rest of it we're going to have to learn to live with it let's go off on a tack of learning to live with this pandemic because as i i mean we learned to live with flu didn't we you know if, if you look at what was happening a hundred years ago not not it's part of your diary necessarily but you know if you look at where the, the way things have actually gone you know these things happened there was a wave of death unfortunately but we got over it you know we got we got to handle it do you feel as though it's about time for somebody to say do you know what there isn't going to be a virus uh, sorry there, there isn't going to be a vaccine it, 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 it's there's going to be nothing necessarily affected. There's going to be a huge swathe of the population, even if there were one, that's not going to get anything before the end of next year. I mean, that that's the reality, isn't it? Yeah, it seems that the middle of next year is the most optimistic point when the vast majority of us are going to start being able to access uh, a vaccine. So 
the second wave is going to be far worse than the first. It appears there's no reason there's no reason why we couldn't see a third wave again before a vaccine becomes more widely available. So it, to an extent, it is something that we are going to have to live with. But unfortunately, the government is still going to have to do something to preserve as many jobs as possible because yeah. uh, because the simple fact yeah. of the matter is we can't afford to get to the end of next year and have 25% unemployment. Uh, we can't afford to have all these businesses with all, all these shops with shutters down that aren't coming back up for a very long time because all of a sudden then uh, an 18 month two year uh, pandemic that's ravaged the economy is okay. effectively takes its toll for an entire decade or longer finally talking about affordability what about negative interest rates do you feel as though the noise for that's going to get louder because it's it sort of tends to rise doesn't it and then disappears depending on whether the bank of england wants to talk about it or not yeah there's definitely going to be more noise and it, it's maybe even more possible that it's going to happen again I'm, I'm still i'm not a fan of negative interest rates i'm yet to hear a convincing uh, reason why uh, it's worthwhile and why the the benefits offset the risks and what what the benefits actually ultimately are because we're never talking about massively negative interest rates we're not talking about a three percent interest rate cut we're talking about a 0.1.2 percent interest rate cut it doesn't really seem worthwhile for me i think there's other things that the central bank can do but also it's a reminder that the central banks um are at their their extremes even still so anything that we are going to see is going to be extremely niche and it is going to be extremely targeted and that's all the more reason why the the pressure the heavy the heavy lifting is going to fall on governments this time around because the central banks are, are, are right to the extent of what they can ultimately uh, achieve especially non-federal reserve central banks Craig Ellum, thank you very much indeed the business breakfast on jazz fm with oanda online trading currency data money transfers <laughs> <laughs> 